Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Ronnie will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 24. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. There are 318 references to the second coming of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus Christ is mentioned one out of every 30 verses on average from Genesis to Revelation. So by the mere repeated mention of prophecy, it tells us that God wants us to understand prophecy. Secondly, we study prophecy because prophecy influences, purifies your life. First John chapter three, verse three, John said it like this. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. In other words, the promise, John says, the promise that Jesus will return should motivate us to live a life that is holy and purified. The word purified means to be free from sin. So John is saying everyone that has the hope of the second coming before them keeps themselves sin free and staying free. In other words, John is making the point that, listen, your knowledge of a certain thing causes you, listen, causes you to act a certain way. Your knowledge of a certain thing causes you to act a certain way. For example, if you know or when you find out that your driver's license is expired, all of a sudden you become a good Christian driver. (laughs) Isn't that true? Why? Because your expired license has an effect on you. Girls, ladies, you're going on the big date. You finally got a date. No, I'm just kidding. And you're going on the big date. You know the guy's coming over to pick you up. Your knowledge of something affects the way you live. So you know this guy's coming to pick you up. What do you do? You get your hair dead. Say amen. I get your hair done. You get all fixed up. You put on makeup. You're ready when he gets there. You see, and same is true with the Lord. When you know the Lord's coming back, it has an effect on you. And you'll walk with a degree of purity and holiness and expectation of his return. And so we study Bible prophecy because it's in the Bible and because it has an effect on us. Notice the three questions that they ask him. When shall these things be? Jesus answers that question in Luke chapter 21. We'll deal with it a little later, but if you'd like to know, go look that up in your own time. He answers that question for them in the gospel of Luke. And then they ask, what shall be the sign of your coming? Now, I want you to notice something here. 
Jesus is talking about the second coming. He is not talking about the rapture. Do you know the rapture and the second coming are two different events? They are not the same. In the rapture, Jesus comes for the church. In the second coming, Jesus comes with the church. The rapture will happen just like that in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. If you're a believer, you're going to be violently snatched off this earth. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye, it's going to happen. Boom, you're gone. That's the rapture. The second coming happens, it takes place after the seven years of tribulation. In the second coming, Jesus is going to come and plant his feet on the Mount of Olives, and he's going to rule and reign in righteousness for a thousand years, and he'll be coming with the church. So when the disciples ask, what shall be the sign of your coming, they're talking about the second coming, not the rapture. And now Jesus gives them six ways to know The second coming is near. That's what we're going to talk about for the remainder of our few moments together. Six ways. Got a pen? Got a pad? You're going to need to write these down. Six ways in which to know. Now, 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 now here's a time to turn on your brain. Six ways to know when Jesus is coming, that his coming is near. And all of these ways, you have to understand this are like birth pangs, the beginning of sorrows leading up to and into the tribulation. And if you were with us in our study in the book of Revelation, you're going to be amazed to see how what Jesus has to say completely correlates with the sealed judgments in the book of Revelation. I've done the homework for you. And I'll point it out to you. Six ways to know that his coming is near. Number one, you're taking notes. Jesus said in verse four and five, there will be a deception of false messiahs. Did you see that? If you see it, say amen. A deception of false messiahs in verse four and five. Jesus is sitting on the mountain with Peter, James, John and Andrew. And he says, fellas, you need to keep your eyes open. He says, and don't let anyone deceive you. Because there will be many make-believe messiahs. There's going to be Emmanuel imposters. Counterfeit Christ. That's how we know we're getting toward the end. Because that's going to be an increase. You know, it was Spurgeon who said, almost every page of history is blotted with the names of such deceivers. Interesting. And in recent history, remember How quickly we forget Jim Jones? How quickly we forget David Koresh? Don't you remember? False doctrine and teaching today, like never before, is on the rise. It seems like we're talking about it all the time here at Calvary. All the time. Sometimes I'm like, God, give me a break. These people can't hear about false teaching anymore. God says, oh, yes, they can. One more Sunday and do them fine. And the one after that. (laughs) Why? Because false teaching is on the rise. In the last days, people are going to be turning away from God and away from the Bible, not drawing close to it. Have you noticed this whole New Age movement? 
Eastern philosophy is affecting our Western culture. New Age teaching, New Age philosophy and thought. There will be a continued intensifying right up to the tribulation and the appearing of the Antichrist, false Christ. Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice, like thunder, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. Notice a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out, conquering and to conquer. Notice this rider on the white horse is not Jesus Christ, it's the Antichrist. And this is huge. This is not Jesus Christ, this is the Antichrist, a false messiah. So leading up and during the tribulation, there will be a deception of false messiah. Point number two, a devastation of war. There'll be devastation of war. Look at verse six and seven in your Bibles. Jesus said, In the last days, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but don't be troubled. These things have to take place. In other words, there will be continual turmoil among the nations, continual news about war and wars to come. There's a philosopher and a writer by the name of Will Durant, and he said this, in the last 3,421 years of recorded history, there have only been 268 years that have been war-free. Or no, did you hear that? 3,500 years almost of world history. And on the planet, there's only been 268 of those years where there hasn't been war somewhere in the world. Jesus said, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And then notice in your Bibles, nations will rise against nations. The word nation speaks of ethnic groups or races. Revelation chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. And another horse, this time not white, but fiery red, went out. And it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. Point number three, talking about what are going to be the signs of the end times, the destruction of natural disasters. Notice in verse seven and eight in your Bibles, wars and famines, you know, they often go together, don't they? Well, in Revelation, the black horse and the third seal, Revelation six, five and six, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. And I looked and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for denarius and three quarts of barley for denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. In other words, during the tribulation, a loaf of bread will cost you a day's wage. Think about that. What do you make in a day today? You go to work tomorrow, at the end of the day, what have you made? During the tribulation, the famine will be so severe that your day's salary will go to buy your family a loaf of bread. Famine. Remember, these are birth pains we're leading up to. 
Famine. We see famine in the world today. Did you know that half the children of the world go to bed hungry today? Did you know that 10,000 people died today of starvation? While we sit down to dinner, 400 people will starve to death. In the U.S., we throw enough food away to feed a family of six in India. One researcher estimated that 15% of all edible food in the United States winds up in the trash. 15%. $7.5 billion a year. 460 million people are on the brink of starvation today. The average American dog consumes more protein than most people. When you wake up in the morning, there will be 203,000 additional mouths to feed. That's terrible. That's what's going on today. Listen, during the tribulation, that ain't nothing. It'll be worse than that. And later, you won't be able to buy or sell. Not only will there be a famine, but during the tribulation, you won't be able to buy or sell unless you take the mark of the beast. And we'll develop all these over the next six to eight weeks. But notice Jesus says, nation's going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there's going to be pestilence. Now, this would go along with the fourth seal. Now, you'll find that in Revelation chapter 6 and 7. The fourth seal is broken, and now this time there's a pale horse. You know that word pale? In Revelation 6 and 7, look it up in your own time. But that word pale means, is the Greek word chloros. C-H-L-O-R-O-S. We have the word chlorine. This horse is putrid green in color, the color of decaying flesh. The rider is named death, and following behind him is hell. Death is claiming the bodies, and hell is claiming the souls. Pestilence in the last days, pestilence. HIV, AIDS, Epidemics, Ebola, SARS, pestilence, earthquakes, Jesus says. If you were to take the time and look at the USGS, the United States Geological Survey, you will find that earthquakes are increasing. Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 through 7, I looked when, I, when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. And then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain, every island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us. And hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. The wrath of the lamb? You mean the wrath of the cougar? The wrath of the bear? When's the last time you've seen a wrathful lamb? Does anyone post a sign on their front yard? Beware of lamb? No. Why? This lamb is Jesus Christ, and this time he has come to judge. For the great day of his wrath has come, 
And who's going to be able to stand? Under the sixth seal, earthquakes will intensify. Notice in verse 8 in your Bibles, all of these things are the beginnings of sorrows. We haven't gotten into the tribulation yet, but all of these things will culminate during the tribulation. The word sorrows, listen, the word sorrow could be translated birth pains. Birth pains. Now, if you're a woman, you know all about this. If you're a woman and you've had babies, you know all about this. Fellas, we don't know nothing about this. So I'm just going to talk to the ladies now and you may go to sleep. And then go back to sleep. Um, (laughs) You ladies, you know, birth pangs, you know, when that labor starts, what happens? It's kind of a light pain. Then it gets a little stronger, a stronger, a little stronger, a little more intense. Your timing and your breathing and the pains are getting stronger and longer and closer together. And then what happens? You go to the hospital. It's time to give birth and you're breathing. And you're you're breathing and it's time to deliver. You're breathing, beating your husband for what he's done to you. (laughs) And then it's time to deliver. And what happens? The baby is one big pain. (laughs) That doesn't change a whole lot, but you know what I'm saying. The baby is like one big pain. And then, get this, doesn't this make you mad, ladies? Some, some, some person comes up to you, you know, you, you're breathing, giving birth. you just gave birth to a 10-pound turkey, okay? And, and, and your makeup and your hair is all, and somebody, they just come in, they go, well, when are you going to have another one? And you, get away from me. You're not thinking about another one. But what happens is what? When you give birth to that baby, when that time of sorrow is over and you're holding that baby in your hand, you, re- you really forget about the sorrow and you focus on the joy of the baby. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying everything that, is just, that he has just mentioned are just labor pains. The world is laboring right now, waiting to give birth to the kingdom. And it's a shame that the world is turning to new age because when the world gives birth to the kingdom, it will be a new age. That's what Jesus said. All of these things are birth pains. What we see in our culture, what we see on the news, what we see in, in, in the world today are just birth pains getting longer and stronger and closer together as we give birth to this new kingdom age. Before that, the rapture, seven years of tribulation, and then the second coming of our Lord. And then he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. And then after that, Satan's going to try to attack him again, but he's going to one, two, three, knock Satan out. And then he's going to establish a new heaven and a new earth. And then all of God's people will live happily ever after in the new kingdom with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If that doesn't get you excited, you don't have a pulse. (laughs) Amen, saints? That's what's going to happen. Well, number four, man, I got to move. The deliverance of 
genuine believers, you'll find that in verse 9. That's what's going to happen. The next labor pain is the persecution of those who have believed on Christ. Understand something? There will be plenty of people getting saved during the tribulation. Plenty. Because all your family and friends are going to remember what you said when you get raptured. They're going to remember. And then during the tribulation, they're going to give their lives to Christ. But they're going to have to give their life and give their head for their testimony, for their conviction, and for their confession. But there's going to be a deliverance of genuine believers. Remember, there's a lot of preaching going on in the last days. 144,000 Jewish Billy Grahams are going to be preaching the everlasting gospel. The Bible says an angel is going to be flying through the air preaching the gospel. People are going to hear the gospel message, and they're going to get saved. But they're going to have to give their life for their testimony. That's why I say, why wait? Why not give your life to Jesus today? Why wait? Oh, give your life to him today. Well, number five, the defection of counterfeit believers. You'll find that in verses 10 through 13. Jesus says many will be offended, betray one another and hate one another. That word offended means to stumble and to fall away. Because of the severe persecution, false Christians will defect. And the persecution will reveal traitors from within and enemies from without. Some will leave the faith because of the cost of persecution and others will leave because of false prophets who will deceive them. False teachings will be on the rise. Great numbers of people will be deceived and lawlessness will abound and the love of many will wax cold. And then in verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. You know, there's a lot of misunderstanding about this verse. Some people believe that Christians have to endure right now to the end. You know, I remember, you remember Y2K? Remember that? Folks were planning to endure to the end. They were out buying food and grain and generators for $5,000 and guns. Now you can get that generator garage sale for $2. (laughs) But you know, they were. Because they were planning to endure to the end. This is talking about those believers, in short, this was talking about those believers who got saved during the seven-year period of tribulation. For their conviction and for their confession, they're going to have to endure to the end. Well, Jesus tells them, we'll talk about next week, to the Jewish people, you need to flee to the rock city of Petra, where there's safety. Don't stop for your coat, don't stop for your shoes, and pray your flight's not in the winter. That's what he said. So there are going to be people getting saved and those who endure to the end shall be saved. Saints, you understand that? That, that, That's huge. Because people will tell you, you're a Christian, you better endure to the end. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You will endure. Finally, the declaration of the gospel. Verse 14. Notice in verse 14 again, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached In all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. The gospel is going to be preached. Again, there are people who will tell you that if we don't get the gospel to the whole world, Jesus cannot come. That is not what the Bible says. Yes, we have a responsibility to preach the gospel. Yes, we have a responsibility to make disciples. Yes, we have a responsibility to take the gospel into all the world and become missionaries and do what God has called us all to do. But listen... God knows the time and nothing, I mean nothing, will hinder him from coming when the time is right for him to come. Nothing, nothing will hinder him. 
So yes, we're to preach the gospel, yet all things are on time, on his time schedule, and not ours. Six signs as to what the climate of the world will be and the beginning of sorrows leading us up to that moment of his second coming. First, the rapture. The seven years of tribulation, I'll have a graph and a chart for you next week. The rapture, the seven years of tribulation, the thousand year reign of Christ, the new heaven and the new earth. And we are, my friend, listen, my friend, listen, we are on the brink of the rapture any moment, any single moment. And people say, oh, man, this world is so bad. This world is out of control. It is bad. Can I tell you something? It ain't that bad. You know why? Because the church is here. The church is here. The Holy Spirit right now is holding back evil. But as soon as the church, which is the salt of the earth, is taken out of the way, then it's going to be corruption because salt preserves. And when the church, which is the light of the world, is taken out of the way, there's going to be some serious darkness. You think this is bad? When the church is taken out of the way, pardon me, all hell will break loose and you ain't seen nothing yet. That's why you got to give your life to Jesus today. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.